Amen. Right on. We're kicking off a series called Seek. We do it every year in January. It's just sort of our, our discipline and our passion to be a people who, at the start of the year, we're saying, like, look, above all else, above all planning, above all thinking and dreaming, what we're going to do is we're going to seek God first. And we always hear such great stories come out of this Seek series as people have prioritized their life to pursue God. And then throughout the year, uh, God, what, what started here, God continues to add the chapters to all throughout the year. And it's really, really awesome and powerful to see how that works. I brought this scripture with me that many of you have heard. And uh, we get this idea about seek from this, uh, of course, very famous uh, scripture here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says this, it says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And then he says this, which most people don't preach that. Preachers get up here and they say, seek first the kingdom and everything's going to be added to you and you'll have all that you need. But then this verse right after here says this, therefore, because you've sought him, because you've put him first, because you've made him a priority in God's kingdom, therefore, there's no reason to worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. As I just mentioned, every pastor gets up and seek first the kingdom. God's going to have everything you need. But what a lot of people don't talk about is this verse enters the story as like a solution or an antidote to a big conversation about worry and wonder. So all before it, it's like, where are we going to get clothes and food? And how's this provision going to happen? And how are we going to afford to send the kids to college? And we got all of these things that probably many of us are going, oh my gosh, it's 2020. The kids graduate this year. Oh my gosh, I got to pay for college. Oh my gosh, I'm one year closer to retirement. How am I going to be able to? And so all of those things that happened before this verse, maybe are starting to happen in our heart. Oh my gosh, how's it going to work? How's this going to happen? And the antidote of all of those worries and wonders and postures, all of those kinds of things, he says, on top of all of those things, that's where he says, but I know we have all of these things that we're wondering about and we're trying to put it in place and we're trying to arrange. He says, but if you seek God first and his kingdom and his righteousness, all of those things will take care of themselves. But we don't do that as Christ followers often, do we? We instead run out and be like, oh, I need to find the next fad. What's the next book? What's the next thing I need to learn to do? If I can just meet another person and, and make another connection, if I can, then I can work all of this out if I just do all of these other things. But God's like, no, in seeking me is where you find all of the other things. Seek me first, put me first, pursue me and my righteousness and my kingdom, and then everything else comes into the picture. So that's why we as a church at the beginning of the year, we say, look, our, our mission is we're making sure we're aligned heading into this year with the pursuit of God and his kingdom and his righteousness, because we know then everything else we don't have to worry about tomorrow because God is leading us and in control. We also see in scripture that there's actually power in what you do with the first the reason we commit to the Seek series is because we believe it's really significant with what you do with the first. So it's actually powerful that you're sitting, you're just not at another church service. This is the first Sunday of a new year, of a new decade, and God pays special attention to what happens with the first things. I'll show you here in scripture. And so as much as I said, oh, you know, Planet Fitness and all these other people, they, you know, they, they can't promise you new, but God can promise you new. And he pays attention to what we do with our days. So you, you've made an awesome choice to be in the house of God on the first of a new year and a new decade. Amen. Amen. But there's this thing in scripture that, that theologians, we would call the, the law of first things. It's all throughout scripture. The first of anything you see is important to God. 
Anytime something is mentioned or happens for the first time in Scripture, it has great significance to God. God calls the first thing uh, the devoted thing, meaning the first thing is the thing that belongs to him. We see all throughout Scripture that the first fruits of your increase matter to God. The firstborn is always mentioned to God. The firstborn of the animals is even mentioned to God. And how many of you know with our spouse, our first time is supposed to be given to our spouse. Why? Because there's power when you commit the first. Amen. Amen. And so again, being the new month and the new year of the new decade, it's important for us to take a look at what we do. Here's the truth about the first. The first represents the total. In God's eyes, when we say, God, I've positioned myself and put you first and sought you first, you're saying it's you above everything else. It's then, it's then saying God is above all of these things. It represents a total. That's why even in scripture, when we say, God, we are going to give you a tithe, 10% of our increase, we give you that first. Before everything else, God, it, God then looks at that and sees all of it represented as a total given to him. The first represents the total. It's like when you give your first, it's like you've given your all. Think about even church on Sunday. That's why church is placed on Sunday, the first day of, and, and, and you, you know, you can't get all weird. Well, so I know, so does that mean all my friends who go to church on Saturday night are sinning? Probably, because the Saturday night crowd is pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> but not because they go to church on Saturday night. But I'm just saying, even in our minds, when we say, look, the first of our week, God, we're giving to you. It's like God was like, look, I know you got soccer and ballet and you got all this stuff that you have going on and the kids got to go here. But if you give me the first of your week, the rest I see is devoted unto me. How many are with me? And so it just matters what we what we do with our first. And so it represents a total. I would say it like this. What we do with the first determines what happens to the rest. What you do with your first determines what happens to the rest. God sees the first as the root that governs the rest. We take this idea from Romans chapter 11, verse 16, says this, For is, if the first fruit is holy, then the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. The first is the root that runs everything else. That's why we have to make conscious decisions in our schedule to make sure our social life doesn't come first and the next car doesn't come first and the next house. We got to make sure all of our attentions go first to holiness. The root needs to be God first because then all of the blessings then flow from there. The promise of Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom. Many of you have experienced this. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not the pastor that's going to get up here and be like, you have to pray and worship and have your quiet time first in the morning. Uh, my pastor used to get on me. I'm a late night guy. I like to stay up really late. I'm not much of a morning person. As a matter of fact, when Jess and I first got married, no kids, we just got married. And so I would get up early in the morning and I'd be taking a shower and she would come into the bathroom and um, chatty Kathy over here. It's the first 15 minutes of the day. I'm just trying to like have a shower. Well, what do you think? You think it's going to be sunny today? Do you think it's going to be? She's now learned, like, I need an hour, okay? And, uh, and so and so, some of you can do the real early morning thing, uh, and then and some of you, like, late night, it's the other way. At night, she's, like, half asleep. I mean, I can't even tell you how many nights a week I'm talking and, and just talking to her, and then I look over and realize she's probably been asleep for 20 minutes. I had a good time, but... <laughs> And I just tell her in the morning, we had a great talk. You loved it. You think I'm so smart. You just do. That's what you remember. <clears throat> but uh, I'm not the first to say, 
it's got to be in the morning and you got to seek God first in the morning. My pastor used to say to me, because uh, there's a scripture that says something about earlier eyes and I'll seek you. And the pastor's like, hey, you know, I get up at 6 a.m. and I'm seeking the Lord. I was like, well, I was up at 1 a.m. when I was praying and that's before 6 a.m. <laughs> so you decide who's holier. But but I will say this, many of you who've you've gone up and you've made time to wake up and pray and seek God and worship, how many of you know when you've made that first part of the day righteous and holy, all of a sudden the rest of the day seems to just go so much better, doesn't it? Why? Because you've sought him first and everything else just finds its way. And so my encouragement to you is this year, 2020, we got to find a way to make sure in all of our habits and all of our routines that our first doesn't fall into social media or Fox News or CNN or whatever you're into. We got to make sure what we fall into first is seeking God's face. Amen. Uh, so we've prepared this thing that helps us do this. It's free to you. You can pick it up today out at our information area. We wrote these books called our Seek Books. And in here, there's a few different categories, family, church, finances, and it's actually a goals book. And what it does is it helps us write the vision for our life. The scripture says, write the vision, make it clear so that you can run with it. And so I think when we put things on paper, it helps hold us accountable. Uh, we say this all the time. The largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. And this helps us close that gap. Like, oh, I know. So we write some goals. These are free to you. I encourage you to pick it up if you're actually going to use it. Like, we don't want it to fall in the backseat of the car and never get used. Like, if you're going to really devote yourself to writing out your goals and sticking with it, those are available for free uh, at our information area. Pick that up on your way out. But it helps us be, hey, God, we're putting you first because here's what I believe. I believe we will feel the effects in June of things that we sought God for in January. The things that we, we, we pursue and we put in place here. And, uh, and, and, and now listen, if you miss January, it doesn't mean all of your June is ruined. Don't, don't make it all weird. But I'm just telling you, we, we got to pursue God. That's his desires. We seek him and his kingdom. He adds unto us. And it's a great year to do it. And so one of the ways that we do that, that we make space and we, uh, we make room for more of God, one of the ways that we do it is through fasting. Many people say, well, fasting, that's just Old Testament. That's the old part about the Bible. No, if Jesus fasted and we're called to be Christ-like, how many of you know fasting should be a part of our life? Amen. Yeah. As a Christ believer, fasting has power for our lives. And so uh, we're going to be starting today a 21-day fast. Uh, for 21 days, we're going to move into prayer and fasting as a church. We're going to let you decide what that looks like. For some, maybe it's a social media fast or some type of activity fast, or uh, many of you, it's going to be some type of food fast. And um, whatever that looks like for you, we're going to let the Lord lead you on that. We've also prepared for you uh, another booklet, which again, free for you to use. This is our 21-day prayer and fasting guide. This answers practical questions. How do I start a fast? How do I end a fast? What do I do in the middle of the fast? Like all of the questions you maybe have never fasted before, but, but you're going to hear some of the scripture today and it might inspire you. Pick up this guide. I encourage you, uh, if you're going to use it, pick it up. If you're not going to use it, you know, then we'd ask that you, you don't waste it. Also want to let you know that there's a PDF version just right on our website right now. You can go on and uh, see the PDF version if you like it that way. It's also going to be emailed to you if you're on the church list tomorrow. Uh, you'll get that emailed to you. But, but use the prayer and fasting guide. And so for 21 days, starting today, for then for 21 days, we're going to be praying and fasting as a church in the first of the year. Do you see how this is all starting to line up in a really cool way? And because fasting matters. Here's what fasting is. And I'll, I'll finish all this up in about three minutes. Fasting begins with a desire for deeper intimacy or connection with God. When we say, hey, I'm going to push all these things away because I want to make room for more of God. 
It's not because of religious tradition. Well, I guess Christians fast. We ought to do it. Well, the pastor said we should. Well, they made a group's guide. We should probably. No, we, we do it because we're saying, God, I want to push these things out of my life for more of you. Are you with me? Yeah, it's a connection to opening doors, miracles, and God's favor for your life. I can't tell you how many miracles that I've heard that started with somebody saying, oh, I just... I was on this fast, or I started this, or God called me to this fast, and then during the fast, out of nowhere, God did this amazing thing. And so, again, it's not some secret sauce that I promise is going to be a miracle for you, but the scripture does say this, that as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Amen. And in God is what? The miraculous and signs and wonders and healings and all that you need. Amen. So most of us would say, hey, we wouldn't be content with another year like last year. We believe for more. We want God to take us from faith to faith, glory to glory. And again, one of the ways we do that is we, we pray and we fast and we make room for seeking God. Uh, fasting, practically, if you, if you choose to go on a food fast, and again, the guide would kind of show you how to do that and what that would look like for you. Uh, just keep in mind this, fasting is not just skipping food. Fasting is refraining from food for spiritual purposes. Uh, for some of you, it might be social media. You're saying like, hey, I'm going to fast social media. And uh, you're, you're not just skipping the entertainment of social media. Okay, God, you see, I'm bored. No, <laughs> you're skipping social media. You're refraining from social media. Why? For a spiritual purpose. And so that's why we would say it's important for us to make sure you're coupling this with prayer and with worship and with reading the word. Are you with me? The scripture is all full of fasting. It's all full of the examples of the power of fasting. We see in Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus says to his disciples, I've given you the authority to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, leper drive out demons. He said, I've given you this permission. But then you see in Matthew chapter 17 that the disciples are struggling with the ability to be able to um, uh, drive out demons of this one young boy. And so Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, we all know and we preach this scripture says this. So Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and nothing will be impossible for you. We love to preach that nothing's going to be impossible for me. I got the faith of a mustard seed. But he adds on to that. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting meaning that some breakthroughs in our life might require that we go on a season of prayer and fasting. God's given us authority and he's given us the power of prayer and he's given us all of this influence. But there are seasons, I believe, that God calls us to a deeper place of intimacy and connection with him. And it's found in prayer and fasting. And we say, I'm going to push this distraction away. I'm going to move this away. God, because I need to hear you more. I need to. Are you with me? And so we love that. Uh, Jesus knew that supernatural things would be unlocked through prayer and fasting. That's why Jesus fasted 40 days. Do you know that Moses was on a 40-day fast when he received the Ten Commands? Do you know that Esther called for a fast when she was to enter the king's court and deliver her people? That was as a result of a fast. Do you know that Hannah wasn't able to have children and then had Samuel as a result of a fast? There's fasting all throughout Scripture. How many think there should be fasting all throughout our lives? We see all through scripture, there's a Daniel fast that lasted 21 days. We see the 40-day fast that I just mentioned. We see Paul went on a 21-day and a three-day fast in scripture. We see Peter mentions that he was on a three-day fast. Prayer and fasting is something that should be a part of a Christ follower's life. Amen. Amen. And I'll say it to you like this as I kind of wrap this up. 
If it doesn't mean anything to you when it comes to you making a decision and the group's guide will help you make this decision, but as it comes to making a decision about how you would pursue God in 21 days of prayer and fasting, I'll say this, whatever you decide to do, if it means nothing to you, then it will mean nothing to God. I wish a fast could be like, well, Lord, it's that time of the year. I'm just giving up Brussels sprouts for you. (laughs) For some of you, you're like, that wouldn't bother me. (laughs) And and we'll have the altars open for prayer for you later. But it needs to matter. It needs to matter. It needs to be something that that you connect with that matters. And as I mentioned a minute ago, if you're on a fast and it's not combined with word and prayer and worship, then you're probably just on some kind of diet. Social media diet, food diet is probably just, we need it to be spiritual components combined with the physical sacrifice that we're making. Amen. I'll say it like this, the whole time that you're on your fast, think about it this way, the whole time for 21 days that you're refraining from something for a spiritual purpose, do you know that for that entire time, you're in a constant place of worship? When you say, God, I've chosen to push this aside and push this aside in pursuit of you, do you know that that puts you in a constant place of worship to your Lord and Savior? Isn't that amazing? What an awesome thing that we can do as we pursue him in prayer and fasting. Fasting is not about separation. Fasting is actually about making room for God to do more in our lives. More of him, more of his ways, more of his love. Amen? So I would say it to you like this. Just two more last little points on this. If you're sitting here and you're considering, oh, what would I fast? And you think, oh my gosh, I could never fast that. I mean, there's a lot of things I would fast and give up for God, but I could never give up that. That is probably the thing that you should fast. Oh, that would, that would be too costly. That would hurt too much. I'm talking about things like coffee and uh, your fast food and your, no, I'm just soda. Where's my soda holics? I'll have a group for you during these 21 days. But you pray and you ask God, you want it to cost something. If it doesn't cost something, it probably won't accomplish anything. Are you with me? And then I would say it like this. Think about this all the points we said, there will be millions upon millions of people who will exit their church services today globally. So you're, you're talking about like, feel the weight, feel the weight of this. I've never looked at it like this before, but you think of War and rumors of war and hate and picket lines and fence and all the turmoil that we have going on in the world right now. But right now, God chose you to be a person on this planet at this time with the ability to make a spiritual difference in this world. And one of the ways he positioned us to be able to do it is by joining forces with other Christ believers In this entire world, globally, you have the ability to choose today to join a fast with millions and millions and millions of people worldwide. I mean, really, is there anything more important than that? And so think about it. I I know the Assemblies of God churches are starting their fast today. I know non-denominational churches, all kinds of great churches, Wesleyan churches, all kinds of great churches are kicking off prayer and fasting movements right now at the beginning of the year. You are literally joining a part of what I would literally consider a revival. When you join in to a prayer and fasting movement, it's, it's, it's not only God's plan for us. I believe it's important and critical and necessary in the time that we live in for Christ followers to begin to make room for God to do more. Amen. 
And so pick up your books and pick up your guides and pick up all the things that are going to help you in that. And I cannot wait to hear the miraculous stories that come from how we pursue God over this Seek series and this time. Amen.